0: Good morning, Southfield. Would you please stand? Sing with us this morning as we worship the King
1: of Kings. Let's sing out. Sing, 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 and make music with the heavens. We will sing, 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 grateful that you hear us when we shout your praise. Lift high the
0: Southfield, it's good to hear, be here this morning with you. We're in the midst of our series on rest, so what better way to um, start our morning together than to be able to just stop and shut everything off that um, that was on our hearts before we, as we walked into this room or left our house or whatever, the rush, the the hurry to get here on time. Um, but now we can just we can rest, we can stop, and we can enjoy the presence of God and be able to take this time now that he deserves um, to worship him and to set our eyes on him as we start this morning.
1: This fear There is free reigns and Jesus reigns in this place showers of mercy and grace falling on every face there is freedom let's sing freedom reigns in this place
0: sweet place to be, Father, in your presence. God, because in your presence, everything seems smaller and not as important as what we've made it in our lives. God, our problems seem so much smaller, and they actually seem like they can be resolved in your presence. Lord, because we know that with you, nothing is impossible. And Father, we know that you are in control of everything. And so being in your presence, Father, we accept that freedom. We just... Accept that love that you have for us, God. Father, and we're amazed by your love and your grace and your mercy that rains down on us. We worship you today, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Please be seated.
2: Hey, my name is Dennis. It's good to see you today. As you walked in, you got a folder. We ask you to do this every week, but I have a special significance for it today. If you'd take out your card on the inside, put your name on it at least. We're going to have a bit of an interactive moment later during the teaching. And so I'm going to need you to have that available for doing some work on the inside, on the box, on the back. And then the other thing is, if you have your folder, keep that close by. Because I'm actually going to have you do some scribbling down. You're going to be using that as your, as your paper for your, your homework assignment this coming week. So keep both those close in your pen, and we are good to go. So we've been talking in the last few weeks now about taking a day of stopping. Just one day a week that we're, that we're pushing every, everything away and we stop. Traditionally, it's called the Sabbath, but you know we like that word "day of stopping" because it really defines uh, what we're doing. As you look through that concept and study it, research it, I found generally there are there are four reactions that people have to the idea of uh, of a day of stopping, and the first one. I would say it's just repudiation. They push it away. They reject it. They say that's not intended for today. That was an Old Testament thing. Uh, Jesus came. Now the Sabbath is done away with. We don't have to worry about that anymore. So they just flatly reject the concept of, of a Sabbath or a day of stopping. The second one is probably the one that is the most dominant among, among people as they just think about it offhand, and that is that they ignore it. They just don't. Even, it's, it's not even a concept that comes into their head. You know, we're in a secular society, one that is not uh, influenced as much by religious principles as it was in the past, and so uh, you don't even really have that remnant anymore of a of a day that you say, "No, this day is special. This day is different. We're not doing those things." So, so it gets ignored, and, and even by people who um, who have a, a, a church background they may just say, wow, I, I did not even thought about it. I, I didn't give it any thought. In fact, it, when we talk about this, it would be similar in your mind to me kind of asking, so when you go to the general store to buy seed do you hit your horse out front? Or, you know, and, and you kind of look at me like, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? Kind of the same reaction in terms of, are you crazy? Are you Amish? I mean, what's this whole Sabbath thing you're talking about? So they just ignore it. They say, no, I don't need it. Now, the third one is made a revival among, I think, among religious teachers. And that is that they recommend it. They're saying this is a this is a good choice, this is a healthy choice. For a lot of people uh, who are leaders, they've gone through an era maybe of crashing and burning, and they've they've been reaching back and looking at ancient practices and rituals and saying, what are the things that other societies experience that we can pull into our own that would be helpful to us? And so they they recommend it. They recommend it primarily in terms of its personal benefits. This is something that would really benefit you. And they might even go on to talk about on top of a day of resting, you might want a personal trainer or you might want to change your diet. You might want to do this or that. But they're kind of looking at it as a, this is a way to improve your health, to improve your life. And so they, they, highly, they highly recommend it. Um, the final group is the group that, that requires it. They flatly say, no, you understand, if you don't take a day of stopping, you're sinning against God. Among this group would be uh, Orthodox Jews, uh, Seventh-day Adventists, other Sabbatarians who basically say, this is a day that you have to keep this day. And if you do not keep this day, you're sinning against God. Now, you look at those choices, and I wonder where you would put yourself, first of all, as you look at that square and which one kind of hits you. For me, as I've had the chance to work through this over the last several years, I find myself moving a little more strongly than just recommending it. I do believe it's something God requires of us, but in a grace-based way, not in a law-based way. This isn't God saying you have to do this because it's a command that needs to be obeyed so much as God wants us to experience the fullness of his grace. And part of experiencing the fullness of his grace is to have that day that we stop from our normal stuff. And we have a chance to get refreshed and replenished and at the same time to focus, get rid of the fragmentation in our life and focus on the people we love and focus on our God. Now, you might say, well, if I say it's required, am I saying it's a sin? You know, this is what what I'm saying is as I look at it, I really believe that God calls us to a day of rest. And when we violate a day of rest, we're doing harm to ourselves. And so he really wants us to build this in as part of the rhythm, the rhythm of our week. So we talked about four elements to a good day of stopping. And of course, the first would be you need to stop. And the stop we talked about last week, that's what we covered. You can catch the podcast is we need to primarily stop working. Whatever it is that that you do to bring in money, One day a week you need to say, I'm pulling back from that. Remember what the Bible says, six days a week you're allowed to work. It doesn't even say five and two days off. Six days a week, go after the the cash, do what you got to do. But one day a week, stop working. Because you are more than just a machine. You're a being created in the image of God. And so God's saying, one day a week, go ahead and push that away and just enjoy me and trust me. The other elements are to rest, to delight, and to contemplate. contemplate. And we'll look at those last two over the next two weeks. But today, today we're zeroing in on that word rest. A big piece of the reason that we do this day of stopping is because every one of us needs rest. And I know some of you, you know, you just think you're a human bulldog, you're an ox. You can keep going and going and going and you'll be okay. But the truth is God didn't desire, God didn't design us to go 24 seven, he designed us to take a break, and it 's a reflection of him and a reflection of his character, reflection of his actions. You remember, we saw this in Genesis two. It talks about the creations of the heaven and the earth, everything in them. It was complete. On the seventh day, God finished his work of creation, so he rested, He rested from all of his work. Imagine that. the God of heaven said, "I need a break." And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all of his work of creation. God created the earth six days. And then that day came that he took that break. And we talked about this earlier, but I want you to really grasp the impact of this. Adam is created on the sixth day, second to last day of creation. And the seventh day, his first full day of existence, God didn't wake him up and say, come on, we got work to do he woke up and and said to God, what are we doing today? He said, today we're resting. Today today we're just going to enjoy being together. Today, we're just going to focus on each other and not do anything. The The work will be there tomorrow. Today, we're going to rest. So what I'd like to do this morning is just begin by talking about why do we need rest? And for some of you going, we don't even talk about that. I know why I need rest, but, but let's go through this. Why do we need rest? It's pretty easy. The first one, we rest to replenish and recharge. Everyone needs that. Jesus offered you and offers me a full life. I came to give you life and give it to the full. Life is robbed of its fullness when we're exhausted. So I'll talk about me and I'll leave you alone because you're good. I'm crabby when I'm tired. I'm cheerful more often than not when I'm rested. I can handle challenges when I've had some sleep, but if I am sleep deprived, it does not take a lot to push me over the edge. What? No coffee? Ah, you know, you know the routine. We need, we need rest because it replenishes and it recharges us. God, said, God is saying, I don't want you to be exhausted. I want you to walk in my joy. We find it hard to be joyful and depleted at the same time. So part of the reason God calls us to rest is to be replenished and to be recharged. Another reason he calls us to rest so we can recalibrate. Remember, we've been talking about this creation, the creation order, six days of work, one day of rest, six days of work, one day of rest. If we go too long, we get out of sync and we need that recalibration. We need to get back into the rhythm for which God created us. He didn't create you to do 28 days and then half a day off. He created you to have that day of pulling away from everything and just resting. I love this quote about the Sabbath says the Sabbath is not for the sake of the weekdays. The weekdays are for the sake of the Sabbath. It's one of the flips I saw as I was reading different authors on the Sabbath. I've always thought that I take my day of rest so that I can work. They're saying, no, we do our work so that we can enjoy our rest. So in part, this is about, it's about a recalibration, getting back into that creation rhythm. Wayne Mueller writes, like a path through the forest, Sabbath creates a marker for ourselves. So if we are lost, we can find our way back to our center. Sometimes we get lost. Sometimes we lose direction. Guys are infamous for this, I know. When we're lost in a car, you know what we do? We keep going. we'll we'll just keep driving, you know, we'll just keep going. Because we'll figure it out eventually, we just keep going. And the more we go, the loster we get. But hey, at least we're doing something, right? We're moving, we're moving, that's important, keep moving. And a lot of us in our lives are doing the same thing. We are lost, but motion is giving us the impression that we're not lost, that we're doing okay. I've talked about my sister before. My youngest sister was the one kid in the family out of the four of us that got lost everywhere we went. Uh, The intercom was always ringing out, Mr. and Mrs. Papp, come find your kid. I mean, uh, here we go again. Kathy's lost. My mom and dad had a really simple rule, and for some reason, she just didn't get it. They said, if you get lost, stay where you are. Don't move, because we can retrace. We can find where we were, and we can come find you once again. Plus, if you're lost and you keep moving, we might go by the same place three times And we're never going to find you because you keep going and going and going. You see, all of us need to stop every once in a while. Just stop. Assess. Where am I? Am I lost? What's going on in my life? We need that chance to get that recalibration. A day of stopping helps us to find true north once again. Helps us to get our bearings. Helps us to get in alignment with God. Third reason we need to rest. We need to rest to reconnect. We need the opportunity to reconnect with God and reconnect with our family. Every one of us needs this. Most of us experience a heightened level of disconnection from God and family when we're doing our ordinary work. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to happen. When you're working 40, 50, 60 hours a week and you're not working around the people you love, you're going to be physically disconnected from them. So we need this one day a week where we all where we all pull back together. We get a chance to, to focus on our relationship and reconnect, as well as the chance to f- focus on reconnecting in our relationship with God. Remember the Sabbath, a day of stopping, is not just a day off. That's not what it's about. It's a day with intention and purpose. It's a day oriented around god a day for honoring god and our activities the things that we do they need to refresh us they need to not deplete us but they also need to keep our focus on god and on people and not distract us from them doing things together is 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 good i mean that's important but we all understand that it's possible to do things together and really not be together let's all go to a movie Okay, well, here we are. Boom, boom, boom. We're all sitting side by side. We're all st- staring forward. We've been together for three hours, right? Oh, we've, we've been near each other. And if we have been talking, someone's probably yelling at us. You know, we're not supposed to be doing that. We need to find activities where we can actually be together. And, and some of those are going to involve change of pace activities, things that you wouldn't normally do. Maybe it's a day that you suggest to your family, let's go for a walk. Now, here's the part I love. If you've got a 17-year-old... Their eyes are going to roll so far back into the back of their head that you will think they fainted and died. A walk? Are you whack? I mean, what's that? We don't do that. But we need to do some change of pace things that allow us to actually have the opportunity to look at each other's eyes, to face in and see. Maybe a change of pace activity for you would be, we're going to go out to eat, and everybody's leaving their phone in the car. (gasps) Oh, that's a chest grabber right there. I mean, what? I, for, for an hour, you would not let me. How will I talk to you? I mean, I, I we, what? What? But you know it. I've seen it. It's going on more. Go into a restaurant and watch the number of people that are staring at their lap. You're kind of like, what in the world happened to our society? We lost the ability to look at each other and use this thing at the same time. Have that opportunity to do some things that, that slow you down a little bit and reconnect, sit at a table after the food is gone. I know, again, this one, you suggest this to your kids, and they're like, it's weird. <laughs> what, what do you want? You, you to trying try to get something wrong? No, we just want to sit here and be together. Okay, you know, some things like that that give us reconnecting time. Another reason that we need rest. This one's a little longer. We need rest weekly to reflect and reflect upon something deeper, hidden and eternal. So part of the reason for the Sabbath, part of the reason for a day of rest was to reflect what's going on in the creation order, that you had that six days of work and one day of rest. Part of what's going on with the day of rest is to reflect that when Jesus comes and dies for our sin, we can experience true spiritual rest. When I'm forgiven of my sins, I experience true Spiritual rest. That's something that a nap will never take, will never give you. I mean, if you're feeling guilty about your wrongdoing, a nap is not going to cause you to wake up and go, Oh, now I feel better. Now you'll be rested and feel guilty. Uh, God gives us forgiveness in Jesus to take away our guilt. Now, here's what happens for some people they look and they say, Well, the Sabbath, the day of stopping, was given as a pointer to the coming of Jesus. Jesus has come, so now we don't have to worry about this day of stopping anymore. It's gone. It's done. We don't have to do it anymore. So you go back to the Old Testament, and there were a few different kinds of laws that God gave to his people, the Jews. One of them was moral laws. We understand moral laws. You look at the Ten Commandments, uh, laws like do not kill, do not steal, do not commit adultery. Anybody think that those ones still do not apply? Uh, We're all pretty good with that. We all get that, you know, just because Jesus came... Uh, we can't now start go killing. Uh, that, that doesn't work that way. Moral laws are timeless. They're there. They're there, they're there to stay. There's this other set of laws that were ceremonial laws, and the ceremonial laws were given as pictures and symbols. God is big on pictures and and big on symbols. So he has this symbol in the Old Testament, for example, that a person, when they were wanting forgiveness of sin, they bring a sacrifice to the temple, an animal, to be sacrificed. Now the animal's death and its blood did not technically pay for their sin. What did it do? It pointed for them to something that was coming. That one day, an ultimate lamb would be sacrificed for their sin. One day, Jesus' blood would be shed for their sin. They didn't necessarily know his name was Jesus, but they knew him to be the Messiah. The Messiah was going to come, and he would be the one to take away their sin, and they would now have true rest. So there are some people that when they look at this whole concept of a day of stopping, they say, Didn't Jesus say that this thing is done? It's over. They look at the story in Mark chapter 2 where Jesus is getting on the religious leader. I love that he gets on religious leaders. Jesus is incredibly gentle and compassionate toward notorious sinners. But religious leaders, he can whack them around like nobody's business because they're so hypocritical. and, And they're not getting it. And they're making God's desires burdensome. On God's people. So one day he and his followers are walking through the fields and it's a Sabbath and they're hungry and they just start picking grain and off the, off the top of the wheat, And they start putting the grain into their mouths as they're, as they're walking. And the religious leaders see this. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. They don't say you shouldn't be stealing. They say, you're doing work on the Sabbath. You shouldn't be doing that. You can't be picking that. That's wrong. And Jesus goes into this story from the Old Testament. He said, do you remember when when David and his men were hungry? They went in uh, to a place that there was some bread that was consecrated. Normally, you're not supposed to eat that. But they went ahead and ate it because they were hungry. And Jesus' point was, a person staying alive is more important than honoring ceremony. It's more important that they live. And that's what Jesus is even saying with this. He says, it is more important that the people I'm with survive than that they honor a ceremony in the moment. And what does he say? The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And then he goes on to say, by the way, I invented it. The Sabbath was my idea. And so I'm trying to explain to you how this thing works. So part of the reason that the day of rest was given to us was to the point to the coming of Jesus and to point to the salvation, the rest we would have in him. And so those of us that live in this age go, okay, Cool. Now I can work seven days. I don't need it because pointer completed, symbol over. I get it. But there's a part of the symbol that we don't yet get. It's found in Hebrews chapter four. And it's a, it's a great chapter. You need to read it. Honestly, sometimes when I read, anybody read the book of Hebrews? You read the book of Hebrews? There are times I read the book of Hebrews and I go, I don't know who wrote this, but this person is more confusing than Paul. You know, you're just kind of like, what in the world did that mean? We're gonna we're gonna get to heaven, we're gonna find out who the author is, and then we're all just going into the class and saying, Please explain. Need to understand what's going on here. But throughout the book, this writer is telling us all the things about the old testament system that are not as good as Jesus. Jesus is better. And one of the areas he starts talking about the Sabbath, and that the Sabbath was imperfect, it didn't give people true rest. It didn't give them what they were looking for. Even entering into the promised land, Joshua didn't give them true, complete rest. And he says, there's a rest for the people of God that's yet to come. And by the people of God yet to come, he wasn't talking about Jesus, because Jesus had already come, and they were already believers. He's talking about the fact that you will finally experience the tru- truest of rest moments after your death. You're going to close your eyes on this side, you are going to open your eyes on that side, and you are going to be sin-free. For the first time in your life, your little guilt buzzer will not be going off because you won't be doing anything wrong because you can't do anything wrong because you're sinless. For the first time in your life, you will experience the fullness of your salvation. That's not to say you're not fully saved now, but the Bible tells us one day we will be glorified. Glorified is we will be like Jesus. Our sin will be gone. So for us who are not yet in heaven, for those of us that still have a pulse, part of the reason that we celebrate a day of stopping now is to remind us, that there's more to life than this, and someday it's going to be a whole lot better. That someday we're going to... You, have you ever taken a really great nap? I mean, you took a nap that you woke up and you went, oh, my word, that was the best nap of my life. I mean, whoo, wish I could bottle that. That is just a glimpse, a taste of heaven. Just a glimpse. Fanny Crosby wrote a, wrote a song, Blessed Assurance, Jesus' Mind, and then she said, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Never understood that as a kid, but now that I'm old. uh, The rest that we get in a nap is a taste of what we'll get in heaven, which will be so much better. So, so, so much better. So part of the reason we're doing our resting now is not to point to the coming of Jesus, because Jesus has already come. And he's already forgiven us our sins, and we get that. But there's something yet to come. That point in which we're in heaven and we get to enjoy true rest at a level that we've never, ever, ever fully enjoyed it. So, we rest to replenish and recharge. We rest to recalibrate. We rest to reconnect. And then we rest to reflect, to show other people... And to reflect upon, to think about ourselves, something deeper, hidden, and eternal. The rest that we will experience one day when we get to be with God in heaven. I think this is part of the reason that, you know, Satan is fighting against the concept of of rest here on earth. Why he wants us to go, 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 do, 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 and constantly be busy. Because if we're always busy and always running, we're not reflecting on what really matters on the relationship that we have with God rather than just doing stuff all the time. So what I'd like to talk about now is um, how do we rest? What are the areas that we need rest? We need a break. And this is where I want you to do some thinking. We'll see if you can top the first service, okay? I'm going to come to this list and I'm going to ask, okay, can you add anything to it? First service, I'll just sat there with the rounds open, like, ah, interesting. Ah. So let's see if you can come up with one or two. But I know some of you are deadly shy, too. And the thought of saying something out loud, you know, if I went around the room right now and made some of you, you'd, you'd get up and go to the bathroom before you had a chance to answer this question, okay? So uh, have the card out, too, and write down maybe something that you think of along the way. I've I, I got to admit it's a pretty exhaustive list, but you never know. I suspect you might find something. What are some of the areas that we need to rest some of them we've already talked about so they might be a little bit repetitive the first is the most obvious we need rest from work there needs to be one day a week that you say boss i am not your slave one day a week uh, you get the other six of me one day a week i get to walk away i'm not going to answer the email i'm not going to answer the phone I am disconnecting from work. And and when you look at the fundamentals of what a day of rest was about, this was the thing that God said. One day a week, stop working. So we need that. We need to pull away from work. For me, I, maybe you have this challenge. I have this thing called a home office. It is so easy to just say, oh, I'll go down and check on something. I'll be back in a minute. And four hours later... They're, they're rummaging in the basement. Where'd daddy go now? What's, what's happened? One day a week, you got to shut that door and say, I'm not going in there. You need rest from work. Now, some of you say, but I really love work. Work is great. That's nice. But God didn't say if you really love work, you can work seven. He said, you're a human being created in my image. One day a week, you need to walk away. You need some rest. The next one, we need rest from physical exhaustion. I mean, so many of us just walk around like zombies, and the proof is in this room right now. I mean, we do this thing right here. Probably the only other area, place that we do this is television, where we sit down and watch something else talk at us, and we don't interact with it. No, you yell at the TV. So far, you've been good about not yelling at me. But if you sit down here and you don't move and you don't listen, if you are physically exhausted, sometime in the first 10 minutes, your eyes get drifty and you're starting to do all kinds of little challenges. Look at the sun to try to get your eyes to water. You're doing anything you can to try to wake up again. You need rest from physical exhaustion. You know, I've never understood why, why naps are wasted on kids kid fights and fights and fights. I don't want to take a nap. I do. <laughs> I want a nap. Take a nap. Uh, some of us feel guilty when we finally slow down, when we finally sit down, we fall asleep. And then we apologize. I'm so sorry I fell asleep. You needed it. That's why you slept. Your, your little machine said, congratulations, you're finally stopped moving. You're not driving. Now we can sleep. Don't sleep and drive. But now we're not. Boom. You can, you can stop. You, you're physically exhausted. I don't think some of us even know how exhausted we are. You you finally take a break and you go, oh my word, I have no fuel left. But you know what? If one one day a week, just one day a week we're taking that break, you don't find yourself starved physically. This one's tough. We need rest from hurry. They talked about it already. We're hurry sick. We rush everywhere. We run everywhere. We drive fast. Some of you, you know, 80 is all about NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Cutting in, cutting out, cutting in, cutting out. you to get there a little faster. I love, the, I love you people. I, I like to yell at you when we get to the next light, and you're right in front of me. I got really paid off, didn't it? Yeah, look at you. You got ahead of me. Now I'm staring at your bumper, but you're right here. Here we are. Hurry, 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 hurry here. One of the places you want to practice slowing. It sounds crazy. In a, in a world that's trying to do things more efficiently and more quickly, you want to practice slowing. And a great place to do that is the grocery store. Get behind somebody and just walk behind them. Get up to the, get up to the register and insist on letting someone else go first. And I mean wait. Wait. The one day I literally, I waited. There was this older lady further away than the back wall is right now. And I pulled up my cart and I just stood there. And I mean, she coming slow as molasses, man. She just, I was ready to go grab her cart and push it for her. And she just coming slow. And I'm like, Dennis, you got to slow down. You just got to slow down. And besides, it's polite and you're being nice. And, you know, I'm just waiting and waiting. She finally came up, finally gets there. I'm like, go ahead. She's like, no, you first. I'm like lady, I am not doing this fight. I waited so you can go. No, I'm not going to go. And then this rude punk brings his car through, boom, and just pull. You don't know how close I came to clocking him. I'm like, <laughs> Ugh. but that wouldn't be very spiritual. We need, we need to stop hurrying. We need to stop running. I don't know about you. I know it's true in my house. I just did it a couple days ago and I do it practically every day in my life. Parent human taxi. You know, my goodness, at least 20 minutes of every day is spent in that car taking somewhere and somewhere. Oh, and by the way, then you got to go pick them up. And we do it all over again same scenery, same stuff. Slow down, practice a discipline of slowing. Here's a thought have one day a week that you walk slowly enough that you look people in the eye and say hi. Because again, you go to that grocery store, it's a mission. And you're just—you don't look up because if you look up, you might see someone you know, and then you're going to be stuck. But I got to find risotto. Where's risotto? What's risotto? Boom. Risk from multitasking. One day a week, you need to focus on one thing. I get a kick out of some of you—you believe you're good multitaskers. We will let you live in your myth. You are not. You are not. None of us is good at multitasking. You're doing seven things kind of poorly. Instead of one thing very well. And one day a week we need to pull back enough to say, I'm going to focus on one thing. And by the way, the one thing? uh, Relationships would be a good focus. But focus on my relationship with God. I'm going to focus on my relationship with my family. I'm going to focus in instead of carrying on the myth that I can carry the world doing 15 things at the same time. Um, This one's kind of tough. We need rest from competition and comparison. One day a week, we need a chance to not look around the room and say, I'm better than you. Or you're better than me. What do I have to do to become better than you? And and notice, we have competition there, but the, the part I'm talking about is not so much the competing. It's not so much, hey, we're playing a game and getting a score. It's the comparison. Comparison is the problem, that we find ourselves comparing ourselves to other people and thinking of ourselves as better than other people because we're one step ahead of them or we're worse than someone else because we're one step behind them. One day a week, we need to stop and just be. And and you know where we find our value? In the fact that God made us and God loves us and not in the fact that we're better than the other guy. One day a week, we need to pull away. There's one family I heard, this would make me nuts, but they they play non-competitive scrabble on their day of stopping. So they just sit and create words together. No points. They just create words. They're like, okay, whatever, you do that, you go nuts. But one day a week, pull back and say, no competition. Or more importantly, no comparison. I'm not going to compare myself to other people. We need to push aside rivalry for one day. Another tough one. We need rest from worry. I don't know. Do I have to say anything else? Okay, good. We need rest from decision making. It's nice one day a week to say, Today we're not deciding. And you, you get in those seasons. Maybe you're in a season that you're looking for a new job or a new place to live. You're looking at a, a move. You're looking at where your kid's going to go to college, whatever. And you're, you are in this just brain cramp because you're always, we've got to make this decision one day a week. This is a decision-free zone. We're, we're, we're just not going to decide. Today we're going to push it aside and let our brains just relax a little bit. And maybe tomorrow we'll be able to make a better decision. But today, we need a break. We need a break from decision-making. Um, I've already mentioned this one a, a couple of times. We need, we need a, a, a day of rest from catching up. Because this is what I often happens on a day of stopping. I stop so I can do all the stuff I'm doing while I'm running. One day a week, I need to say I'm pulling back. And, and the thing that's interesting is that people that practice this find two things. A lot of the stuff I thought I had to catch up, I really didn't have to. And the next day, I found that I had more energy to do it. So here we are just trying to grind through, and in grinding through, we're actually losing energy rather than just taking one day and saying, I'm not catching up today. Today, we're just going to rest like we should. The next one we'll talk about in in the next couple of weeks, actually, and, and that is just the idea that we need a day of rest from talk and noise. A day that that we're not having to communicate to the world, but we can just be quiet in the presence of God. Now, I'm going to leave that one, so we'll move on, uh, on to that one in the next couple of weeks. We need rest from the routine and rest from the ordinary. Remember how many times we saw that in the Bible? Six days a week you do your ordinary work. One day a week is special. One day a week should be special. One day a week shouldn't feel like the other six days of the week. This day should feel different. Now, I'm going to add one that somebody mentioned after. It's not going to come up on the slide. Um, One person, as they were leaving, suggested that one day a week we need a break from commerce. We need a day that we're not shopping Amazon. We're not, you know, going online and checking every, you know, doing our comparison pricing. We're not going in to shop or whatever. We need one day a week to pull away from that. So that was one of the suggestions that was given. But I I want us to, we're going to end on the tough one. One day a week we need a rest from technology. Yeah. And half the spouses cheered and half the spouses gave that look. You need a break from that thing. This, is, this has become the new taskmaster, has it not? Your boss knows where you are at all times. You're at the other end of the phone. You're at the other end of the email. You're at the other end of you know, whatever way they have of getting a hold of you. And one day a week we need to say, I'm not looking. I'm not answering. I'm not tweeting. I'm not posting. One day a week... We pull away from the technology. Some of you are already getting the shakes. I mean, this is like, are you kidding me? Really? That's my life. If you think that's your life, you're not getting. That's not your life. Those are 600 faux friends you have who really don't give a rip unless you agree with them. So, you know, I mean, really? One day a week, we need to say, I'm doing a digital detox. I will not be on Facebook today. I won't be tweeting tweeting. Even if it's pretty, even if it's, it's pretty, I'm not Instagramming it. I'm just going to let it message in my mind and let you all know that you missed a great site, whatever. One day a week, we need to back off. We need to pull away and say, I need to disconnect. Now, Now, the fun part about this is when you decide to do this, you realize how absolutely dependent you become on this junk. I mean, Shaky hands, you know, it's worse than caffeine. And you're just saying, what do I do? What do I, I just, oh oh my goodness, I just bought something. Facebook, oh, oh, I can't. I can't tell you what I just did. I can't tell you that I just passed somebody driving. Oh, I'm not supposed to be doing that while I'm driving. Oh, awareness, (laughs) boom, 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 waking up. One day a week, we back away and say no. No technology. Probably the toughest one on the list for a lot of us. But we need a day a week to say no. We're not going to do it. Now, you think that through. You tell your family, this day, this day, we're all putting our phones down. You know, I mean, this is just kind of cool because now you're actually sitting at a table and you're all looking at each other instead of looking at your labs. Hmm. What do we, what do we, I forget what we do when we do this. When I'm looking in your eyes, what do we do? I, I forget. We actually take the time to have a conversation instead of thinking about our theoretical friends out there. So I'll ask you quickly, is there anything you'd add to the list? What else do you need rest from? You can say it out loud. Go ahead. Yeah, this is true. There needs to be a a day of the week. We're not, Jesus is the only Savior. The rest of us try to help. But, you know, and we're going to look at a verse in a moment. Even Jesus said to his followers, now we're going to get away and take a break. Can you imagine that? Even, I mean, Jesus could have solved every problem in the universe while he was here. He could have just gone walking around, Chad, you got big problem. Boom, done. Jordan, boom, done. I mean, he, could just, he didn't fix everyone. And there were times that it says he actually withdrew to be alone with his father when he could have been helping. Yeah, one day a week. This is why the break from technology, if you're not answering the phone, they can't grab at you. So then, because they will be there tomorrow. We're proud, that's good. Thanks, Alex. Any others? A break from driving. I mean, that I would love to because for me, I mean, I driving is exhausting. Two hours is about my limit, then I start napping, which isn't good because Green Lakes about four hours away. But um, you know, I, yeah, to be, and especially for those of you for whom driving is a living, you're, you're driving, your job is always driving to have one day a week that you say to your family we're not going on an extended drive anywhere would actually be refreshing for you. That's good. Now, that's not a suggestion that going Amish and buying a horse, but you know, it's, <laughs> uh, these are things, again, you're to make it your day. This is, this is for you to design your day of rest. Uh, for others of you, that would not be restful. But you know, if, if we live close, I'd walk to, I'd walk to church on Sunday because, uh, you know, it just, it's a change of pace thing. It's something to, I live far enough that, I'd be late. So anyway, anything else? Guilt. Oh, yeah, break from guilt. That's not bad. That's, that's, we do. We need a day that we just push it away and say, I'm going to deal with that tomorrow. No doubt. Go ahead. Ah. Mm-hmm. Have to yeah. And part of that, again, comes from a day where we're focusing on our relationship with God instead of focusing on our stuff. A day that we're actually remembering that he came, he loved us, he forgave us. All those, and, and get, our, get our minds wrapped around that instead of our minds wrapped around our guilt and what are we going to do to try to alleviate our guilt. So, all right, you're already doing way better than first service. I like you more today. You're good. <laughs> any others? Well, it's been very good. If you have any others, you can go ahead and write them down. Let me give you your homework. So, your assignment. Um, Inside of your folder today, go ahead, or I'd say actually, on the back side, your, your sermon notes there. You should have written down those 10, 12 things that we listed. What I'd like you to do is look at that list and choose a couple of them. Maybe one, but a couple of them. And for your days of stopping in November, put it into practice. So, for the next month, and i 'm not saying your day of stopping may not be Sunday, you know maybe another day, but for your day of stop days of stopping in November, put it into practice, so maybe yours is yeah i 'm going to one day a week, the phone is literally going to be off or facebook i 'm going to have to uh, sign out. There are a lot of cool little tools. There's a tool out there called anti-social that'll block you from going on your Facebook, things like that. Uh, But one day a week, I'm not going to do that. Come up with some things, two of those at least in that list that you're going to try practicing uh, on, on your next four days of stopping. Then beyond that, there are a couple of passages there on your folder. And sorry, I didn't slide the box over far enough. It's right on the edge of the edge of the fold there today. But these two passages, I want you to reflect on them. The first is a promise of Jesus, a promise he gave to you. I'll just read the first part. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. I want you to spend time imagining Jesus saying that to you because he did. He came to give you rest. That's his promise. And then his call, which goes along with what Alex was talking about. So the disciples have been out ministering and and they they get done. And what does Jesus say? Wow, there are a lot more needs. Let's go at it again, guys. Let's go. No, he says, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. And verse 32 says, so they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. So you have the promise of Jesus for rest and then you have call of Jesus. And he's saying, why don't you just come be quiet with me? I'd like you to take those two passages and at least three or four times this coming week. Read them in a quiet place where you got about 15 minutes to just reflect on what Jesus is saying to you, the difference he wants to make in your life right now. Okay? That's your homework. You'll be good to go. We're going to um, participate in communion right now. So let me pray, and we'll do that. Father God, I pray that you will help us to experience deep, complete rest. I thank you for the rest that you gave us uh, through Jesus dying for us and forgiving our sins. I thank you for the rest we will experience moments after our physical death. When we open our eyes in eternity and we, and we feel refreshed and guilt-free in a way that we never have in our lives. And in the meantime, God, I pray that you'll help us to, to set aside one day a week that we say, I'm not a machine, I'm a child of the king, and I'm going to live like it. Help us to rest. You promise us you'll give us rest. Would you help us to hold out our hands and receive it from you and embrace it? In Jesus' name, amen.
1: See the King of glory.
2: And take communion yet? Go ahead and do it right now. Our servers are coming now and they'll receive your offering. Make sure you put your card in there, especially if you wrote another word on there. And if you think of any during the week, you can go ahead and email them really easy. Dennis at Southfield Church.com. Nice, easy email. Uh, so if you've had a chance to drive by the dirt, you see that all the trees are gone, they're cleared out. And I'll tell you what, been, it's been really, really uh, impressive to watch this crew of people come together and do all that work and get all those trees cleared. And it's been a, it's been a great experience being out there with, with some of the guys of our church. And, and, and well, ladies have been out there too. But I want, I want to brag in particular on some of our guys right now. Because, um, you know, you, you think about uh, why you're at a church and why you're part of a church. And, you know, there are a lot of reasons that you could give, oh, I like the music or the sermons are great or blah, blah, blah. But uh, I think most of us, part of the reason we choose a church is because of the people we're with. And that those people have a way of making a meaningful impact on our lives. And uh, here we've been out here many times in over the last couple of weeks—not just one day, but two days. You know, you got Dave Papish out there, Mike Miller. You got Jerry Bironis, You got you got Ray. You got uh, Jeff Furlong. All these guys are—they're coming out and they're just—they're just you know sawing and moving stuff and doing all this work, and it's going on and on and on and on. And and we're having fun while we're doing it. And I, I tell you what—it's kind of fun for for Mike, Jeff, you know, us younger guys to try to keep up with with Ray. I mean, it's like, good night, that guy's better. We're going to have to beat him with a stick to get him to stop. I mean, he just keeps going and going and going and going, and he can't keep up. But So anyway, all this to say, um, I've loved working with Dave, Dave Papish. I mean, he's the one that provided all the equipment so we'd be able to move this stuff. And, you know, we got done with this yesterday, looking at this cleared field, and I said to him, if you had not brought this equipment, I mean, We'd be on tree number four right now. I mean, it just we would be in really, really sad shape. And I'm thanking him for it. And I had brought Nate out with me. And it's the end of the day, the end of two long days. And, and he's tired. And Nate kind of walked up to the, the, the machine that he had there. And I, I said, hop up and peek. Look inside. And before you know it, Dave's turning the thing on and he's got all the gears going and he's rolling along. And I'm thinking, here's the guy that's got to be exhausted out of his mind. All he wants to do is go home and go to sleep. And he just gave my kid an experience that he'd never get anywhere else. That's what I love about our guys. That they see it as more than just a task to be done. You know, we. Talked recently about some coaches that kids have had on teams. I'm like, when is this coach going to realize that he's not coaching a game, he's coaching a person? And I love that our guys get there. They're not just there to do a job. They're there to impact the life of another person. So keep doing that and keep doing that well. I just, you have impressed me greatly. Not with your work, but with you. And, I mean, Ray yesterday, he's helping Alice with a breakfast. And I know, uh, like, around our house, if Kim has a project, we all have a project. So <laughs> helping Alice with a great breakfast. And then he goes over and does trees. And in the, in the in-between, he goes and fixes our coat rack so it's ready to go, too. And I'm like, man, it's just it's crazy to have people that care so much about other people. So um, thanks, guys, for being great guys. Ladies, you too, but thanks. Thanks.
3: Say, Jesus, you are the only
1: way My Savior, my Savior lives. My Savior lives My Savior lives My Savior lives Sing it out. Here we go.
0: promise and what hope. Have a great day today. We'll see you next week.